Boogie jabbing rap is life where I'm from. Where I'm from? I might play with Izzy where I'm from. Where I'm from? It be like run your coat black. Welcome to another episode of Humanly Plausible with your hosts, Roly and Richard from the Pink Collective. Welcome back to another episode of Humanly Plausible. This morning we have the honor and pleasure to have Ralph Campbell with us here in the studio. Um, Brother Ralph. Ralph Ralph Campbell, CEO and thought leader for Learning Optimize. Uh, Ralph is a friend, a client, a brother. Motivator. Motivator. So... We definitely, you know, for, for us, Ralph is very inspiring and um, as a person, um, important to our cause and what we're working on as, uh, as, a, as an agency. Uh, our belief in empowering positive brands is, uh, with, you know, we want to connect, fo- connect with folks that are, are game changers in the community, people that are making a difference. And, and definitely Ralph is one of those guys, um, which he'll share with you. You know, Ralph, just uh, give us a quick uh, little, because I know there's a lot to cover as far as you, but... Um, you know, and we're going to have Ralph's info and bio uh, on our on our, on our blog. Yeah. Yep. So um, don't worry about that. You can you can follow and you can check in there. But Ralph, uh, just give a quick uh, background on who Ralph Campbell is. Wow, gentlemen, thank you for having me. A little background about myself. I grew up in Key West, Florida. And so Key West is a two by four mile island, about 90 miles from Cuba. And so my father was a marine biologist and my mother was a social worker. And so I grew up in Key West, Florida, and we didn't have much, but we had a loving mom, and we lived next to a library. And so, so yeah, so that life begins. in the Keys, like that's got to be, you know, is it rough? Like, you know, would you say, like, you know, what type of lifestyle was that? Like, <laughs> you know, we grew. I grew up in Hialeah, man. So it was. Well, I grew Keys. up in the Bronx, New York. So yeah, <laughs> similar, similar, similar situations. Well, as my okay. mom said, you know, rough is relative. So Key West, there's not much trouble you can get into. But one of the interesting things about Key West, we have eight military bases surrounding Key West because of our proximity to Cuba. So I learned differences very, very early as far as different people from Europe and Asia and North America, South America. So that was exciting. So not too rough. That's So so learning optimize, what what, what do you guys do? What do we do? Give them a quick. uh, What do we do? Well, I'm an executive coach. And, uh, you know, let me rewind why I even started Learning Optimize. Uh, I spent many years in the insurance business, and about eight or nine years ago, I decided to start my second chapter and really wanted to focus on, you know, my purpose, my cause, my why. And so my why is to make gentle the life of this world through the practice of honoring each person's value and worth so that together the difference we make for each other can never be erased. There you go. So that is, that's why I do what I do. And as a result of that, uh, the what I do is I'm an executive coach. And so I support men and women organizations getting 1% better every day through changing their conversations, changing their mindsets to have a life worth living. Powerful. So that, that's, again, like, you know, one of the things that we always talk about that why yeah. being so, so important to what we do and how we do it every day. Um, so it's, it's uh, refreshing to hear. Absolutely. When somebody, you know, yeah. talks about their why. So, and, and actually, you know, everything that Ralph said is very important in terms of kind of how we work. And that's why, you know, we consider you part of our network because Absolutely. a lot of times, you know, we work with companies who can use that skill set and learn those valuable, valuable things in order to make themselves be more performance oriented, but performance oriented with a sense of purpose. And I know that's a big purpose means a lot in your work. So, yeah, I mean, well, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, absolutely. I was just agreeing. 
So I was gonna, I was gonna say, let's just right jump it right into it. Oh you know, yeah, we're gonna have Ralph do the honors to to pick a question out of the box. So the we, box, yeah. This we, is... So I, I took it home. I, I couldn't paint it. You didn't even ask me about that. Listen, I, I just love it along. Every podcast. Listen, we do have clients that you're working with, so I figured. Yeah, you're not gonna, the workload. You're gonna bust me up. No, no, I'm gonna let you go because we you know we have to take care of our clients. But I'm sure the box will be painted. So I'm not so, gonna. No, I'm not gonna paint it anymore. I give up. So Ralph has just taken. A question out of our famous out the box uh, roster. So let's see it, what we're going to be talking it. about today. Wow, what was your experience in leadership? What has your what has your experience? Excuse me. What has your experience in leadership taught you about the importance of time management? Very powerful. I'll read that again. What has your experience in leadership taught you about the importance of time management? There's got to be a lot of people out there who are struggling with time. Yeah, I think I struggle somewhat with it. It's interesting, and I guess there's no accidents. I have a coaching client yesterday, a new coaching client I was onboarding, and one of her goals was time management, like her Mm. number one goal. Now, how this came out the box is amazing. Hey, we got good mojo in here. Yeah, sure. Come on, see what's happening here. Yeah, I love it, I love it, I love it. We're all in the hologram, and so for me – um, the importance of time management. I take it a step beyond time management. It's about paying attention to what I'm paying attention to. Ooh. So I'm going to say that again. <laughs> yeah, please say that again we, for the people in the back. So <laughs> when we talk about <laughs> time management, just think of Alphabet, right? And we'll just think of Google. So Google's under Alphabet, right? So time management would be the Google, right? And the Alphabet would be paying attention to what we're paying attention to. And for me... That has been very, very powerful. When I can dive in, take a deep dive and begin to focus and pay attention to what I'm paying attention to, I can notice when I'm being distracted, when I'm being triggered, when I'm being thrown off. Mm. This is good. This is, I mean, yeah. So this yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. And this so it's going to turn to therapy. So yeah. no, 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 we're just firing here, <laughs> but yes. But you know, it's interesting because I ain't going to lie. I wrote that question. Because it's probably one of my I, I, greatest. This is one of the things that I beat him up about. He beats me up about it all the time, and I've been thinking about it, and mm. I've been modifying my lifestyle. Mm. I, I want to see where Richard goes with this. Go ahead. Yeah, but Break you know, um, you know, I think that people have a lot, you know, have a lot, quote unquote, on their plate, or perceive that they have a lot on their oh, I plate. You're talking, I thought you were going to talk about you and what, uh, what, well, what we talk about. Yeah, well, okay, so I'll, I'll make it personal. <laughs> I'll make it personal. I hate to I hate the term workaholic, but for, for the sake of this discussion, I tend to work a lot. And you know what I noticed? It triggered up after my son went to college and we became an empty nest house because my role as a dad had been relieved. So, oh, I can put more into the business. I can put more into the work because, mm-hmm. and you know, what I do is I say, you know, this is my time for me and my wife and we do our thing. We watch television. We do something together. But then she goes to bed and I go back to work. And uh, Roly, to his credit, has because he'll see emails coming from me at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And, you know, he, he is a good friend, partner, brother. Said, bro, what are you doing, man? You got to, you know. And, you know, I had to really take a look at what I was doing. And I start to eliminate things that, as you said, were a distraction, were Putting me in a position where I have to sort of catch up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, well, and, and so uh, let me let me add to that because so the the whole thing it's more it was more about leveraging his power, 
right? So leveraging his power. What is his power? I told Richard, like, man, what you're doing, like, when we stay, and this is the way my perspective and the way I see it is, like, whenever I'm busy doing busy work, it's like I'm neutralizing my strength. Mm-hmm. So what I see Richard doing a lot of times is that he's so busy running around with things that he, he's not stopping and leveraging his power where he's not, not going to think and say, hold on, wait a second. Leveraging his experience, like, you know, really thinking something to the next mm-hmm. level, unless we, you know, normally that would happen when we brainstorm, we ha- we have these formal meetings, but if it's not a formal meeting, like you're, you're not harnessing that energy from him. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, like you're leaving a lot on the table. Yeah. You know, every time we're just chasing and running, like, I just feel like, and I'm very task oriented, especially because, okay. especially with my front facing clients, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I'm like, okay, they need this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do that. So I think a lot of it has been able to understand how to work smarter and to right. allow more for a life work balance, you know, so that I do have time to think right. and leverage my uh, power. power, so to speak. So, you know, my question to you would be like, so, you know, that in that same kind of you deal with a lot of different executives mm-hmm. in a lot of different arenas. And, you know, I'm sure you do a lot of that type of work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what are your thoughts there? And like, what, you know? Yeah. You, you know, one of the things of being an executive coach is never giving advice. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes to me with, Hey, I, I have this challenge or constraint, right? I try to remove problems because that's a trigger for human beings mm-hmm. at times. And so, Ralph, I have this constraint about time management. Can you give me some advice? And, you know, it's for me asking questions about, you know, what matters to you. Mm-hmm. And one of my clients came up with this a few wow. years ago called The Power of Three. And the power of three is what matters today. And I'm only going to break it down. If I can only break it down to three things, mm-hmm. that's where I'm going to put my attention. And what usually happens when people focus on the things that matter most, they get more done, right? The uh, psychologists agreed now that the to-do list don't work because oftentimes we're out of integrity. If being fully in integrity means doing my to-do list, then all of us would fail. And what Mm. they found that most human beings usually do three or four things every day. The problem is they're doing the wrong three or four things every day. But when they start paying attention to what matters, or as I said earlier, paying attention to what you're paying attention to, that makes it easier because then the focus becomes on doing the things that matter most to you, those three things. Which is why Tim Ferriss, a four-hour work week, and these these, uh, serial entrepreneurs, they're they're hanging out playing ping pong, and they're partying and doing whatever they want to do and being with their children and this work-life balance, and they're still outproducing you and I, Roly, every day, all day. Right. And they're in Hawaii and they're surfing and they're doing Iron Man (laughs) and they're putting their kids to. (laughs) Right. So, so so in your experience, how do you, you know, and a word that I know that we've used with you and your work is transform. It's transformative Mm -hmm. work. What do you see as the way to transform these behaviors or the mindset so that you can have a four hour work week? You know, you don't give advice. So how do you empower that person to think differently and to realize that reality. Yeah, it, it goes back to having people get clear about, you know, what's an earned life to them? What is an earned life? Wow, that's a powerful question. What is an earned life? Mm-hmm. You know, we earn everything, right? 
but what's an earned life? And so when people get clear about uh, their choices, about mm-hmm. the effort they're making every day, about the contribution they are, about the risk they have to take in making every decision, and that aligns with uh, a person's purpose, then that's an earned life. Right. So right. choices, decisions, right? Risk we take every day that has to align with some purpose that you have about your business, whatever it is that you're up to. Right. And when you have that intact, that's an earned life, regardless of this outcome. A lot yeah. of times we are an outcome society, right? Outputs, outputs, outputs. But the juice is in managing your time and getting better time management is managing the inputs. Mm. Again, back to what you know, your company stands for what, what matters to you? Like what's, what, what matters to you? What are you doubling down on that matters? Again, I've said it's 14 different ways. The power of three attention to what you're paying attention to. What matters an earned life and see if you can dissect it 14 different ways. I'm coaching different people. Earned life means the same thing as paying attention to what you're paying attention to, but we all different. We all listen different, but fundamentally it really comes right Mm. back to, you know, what are you trying to earn? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why does it matter? <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's it's crazy because, I mean, thinking about that and what you're saying, um, unconsciously, I guess I did it way back when in early in my career where I like I gr- growing up and in, in studying like advertising. Um, one of my biggest goals was to be like this nationally recognized creative director. So right. I wanted to be that or kind of, you know, be part of this one of the biggest agencies in the world type of thing. Like, you know, everybody has like their big dreams. Um, but I remember like a lot of things started to shift when I had, you know, one of the, like when I got married mm-hmm. and then when I had my first child, because then all of a sudden what you're talking about, like what mattered to me started to shift. Mm. And so when that started to shift, I started to realize, wait a second. Um, and this is the way I started, uh, pink collective, which was, you know, at the time I was laid off because that's when the, when we had the big real estate crash, recession, yeah, yeah, recession, yeah. right. So at that point I, I got laid off. Um, so I had choices to make. Do I go now, you know, start looking for another job? But, um, I started to think, I was like, you know what, you know, I just have to make a certain amount and, 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 you know, I'd rather make less and spend more time with my family. I, I grew up, you know, single, single, uh, single child, I mean, mm-hmm. single parent. Um, so to me, that was a big deal that I didn't have that father figure or I didn't have, you know, my mom was working all the time. So I didn't have that family life that we, you know, I guess picture. So that would became a priority for me. And it shifted, it shifted me into doing what, you know, I'm doing today. So subconsciously, little by little, I started to make decisions that had led me to where I'm at right now. So I, and, and that, I guess that's kind of culminating in empowering positive brands, but I can see how now looking at that. You can start making a lot of decisions that you're not really focusing on and that yeah. don't really matter and then stack that up and then you can end up in a real bad place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very powerful. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is therapy. Ooh, yeah. 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 Ralph is better than Dr. Phil by yeah. a million because, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah. because you just drop a few gems and I'm, you got me and Rolly here like, <laughs> like <laughs> because what I just realized after Roly said the common denominator was a life change mm-hmm. that influenced what you paid attention that you're paying attention to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Because in mm. my case, it was I was fulfilling a void when Justin went to college. Right. Mm. And I only just it just literally hit me right now mm. because of this discussion. Wow. That 
I needed to fill the void of parenting. And, the, you know, and we spent a lot of time together as, you know, as he grew up, I coached him in sports, we would do things together. And then now that was gone. So I need to fulfill it with something. Do you think that's something that's common to people that, especially in my case now, and it's interesting because when Roly quote unquote had a loss, you know, the job, yeah. but at the same time, he had a family, a new family. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was a real positive mm-hmm. that he was, and mine was kind of the opposite. Do you see sometimes that dynamic happening with the people that you work with? All the the time, uh, Rich and Rilla, we have this illusion that the outside makes the inside. And you don't see it. It's just like being a fish in water, right? And so let's just break this down a little bit. So this illusion that the outside makes the inside. So status, job, money, house, uh, even doing things with family, like all of these external things. Awesome, great. They give us the dopamine hit, oxytocin, and all these wonderful chemicals that make us feel good to a certain extent. However, and then they become our identity. So that right. is good as long as you have the job, the wife is fine, the kids are doing well, everything that you've accumulated lines up and it's A-OK. That's not reality. And eventually one of those areas will be disrupted, mm. right? Will be disrupted. Mm. And then one loses a sense of identity because they clung to that as their identity. I call it modalities. All of us have a lot of different identities. Values are part of our identity. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, where you grew up, culture, all these good things, right? And they work until they don't necessarily work. And then what happens, we get so addicted to the identity. Mm-hmm. Unconsciously, I'm addicted to Justin. Not yeah. in a bad way, right? Addiction is good if used in the right context. And so I'm addicted to something and I'm given everything I have. And then when that goes away, it's just like trying to stop drugs tomorrow. Mm. You can't do it. The brain doesn't work that way. Whether it's drugs, Mm. a son, Justin, a job, when something your brain locks into becomes its identity, it doesn't know anything. So what it will do when it loses that, it tries to fill it in. The brain doesn't like to stay quiet. It's not quiet now. It's always firing. And so when you take something away from it, it will fill it in. The question is, what are you filling in? When I coach people who are alcoholics, the first thing I say is, go find another habit that has some passion and purpose to it. Right. You have to replace one habit with another habit. Right. You replaced what you were up to or you dug deeper into it with your family and what have you. And you've got a lot of different identities that keep you really on the go and meaningful work. Right. So you were doing meaningful work with Justin that went away. Then if I were coaching, you, I'd be like, okay, yeah. What's the next project? What's the next meaningful mentor? I could volunteer and I could do things like that. But it's it's got to align with where you, what you're up to in the world. It just can't be all over the place. I remember one time Rolly and I had a conversation when we were doing some work together And he gave me some feedback that I use all the time. He said, Ralph, you know, you, uh, and I'll paraphrase, not word for word. (laughs) He said, brother, you are like a a sprinkler with a lot of holes. And (laughs) the goal, Ralph, would be to pat some of the holes. Right, right, And it's what I'm talking about, right? The power of three. Pat some of the holes and you'll fire more because the water will be stronger, right? So just because I coach doesn't mean I'm perfect. See, the reason I coach is I teach what I most need to learn. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. The reason I coach is I teach what I most need to learn. When I'm in the game coaching someone, I'm always coaching Ralph. 
Wow. Good point. That's true. And so I appreciate when he said, I didn't like it. I took told my mom and my sister, and oh. they go, "Yeah, Ralph. Some, <laughs> sometimes you are. Sometimes you are that sprinkler." So tell Roly, "Yay!" So Yo, anyway, Ralph, I want to I want to appreciate wow, you for that, that coaching that, that day. Listen, yes, so sir. Bring that one up. That's, yes, it, sir. It's, yeah, it's, it's 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 a good way to kind of picture it. But um, you know, it's funny because as you're saying that, and 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 then back to the question of the importance of 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 time management. So like ultimately, it's always going to come back down to that why, mm. yeah, and that and understanding um what we're after because. To, in order to make it well, and, and and you know, like one of the things that I always say is like you can't take anybody where you've been. So the fact that what you're saying about you know we're always working on ourselves is true, right? Um, and and because I, I see it a lot with us, yeah, like yeah. Well, one of the you know Richard and I, like in pretty much my circle, I think I've surrounded myself with people that challenge yeah. my thinking, challenge growth, challenge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, every time I, you know we said this, I think in the last one is like when, whenever we I speak to any of these people, like I mean, especially like Ralph, man, we can be on the phone for hours. Yeah. Right. Richard too, like I got, right. hey, oh. Richard, I gotta go, man. We gotta we gotta get back to work. <laughs> yeah, like, what we'll we start out with one question about a project, <laughs> yeah. and the next thing you know, it's an hour and a half later. You so know? like the same for the podcast, like we're twenty minutes. So now we're gonna start. We need to start going into our final thoughts here, but uh, it's. Um, Man, I'm glad we we got to, you know, chat with you here. Um, But, you know, like, to summarize, again, the importance of of time management, um, because, you know, even my wife, she's always, you know, I think she bought a book on this, on Mm. time management. Wow. Yeah. And and she still hasn't figured it out yet. It's a work in progress, I'm sure. Sometimes, like, the the simplest things, the answers are right there. It's just we need to be told or we need to hear it or we need to feel it or we need to experience it or we need to be challenged by it. Um, you know, I quit smoking because, so I, when, when I tried quit, uh, quitting smoking, I smoked for, I think 15 years, believe it or not, cigarettes. Um, and, uh, so I tried the patch. I tried, uh, I remember it was funny because I would, I, I would decide, all right, I'm going to quit smoking. Um, and, uh, and then like in two days I would get like back in the day, Marble would send their free, like promo packs mm-hmm. dude and i would get that pack in the mail and i'm like come on man are they watching me so i learned uh stay away from promo packs mm-hmm. i learned uh don't say you're gonna quit while doing whatever it is you're doing that you're mm-hmm. trying to quit because mm-hmm. that's another thing i would do i'll go out drinking and then you know uh, i'm having a great time i'm smoking cigarettes and i'm like that's it i'm gonna quit because i'm feeling the high yeah and then yeah throw away my pack of cigarettes and then be like hey can can you take me to the corner store? I got to buy another pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what, again, what, what made me finally decide after all that was, I mean, and, and it was rough, but mentally I decided that when I had, when, when I had my first child, that I wasn't going to be that guy hiding, mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes. And I didn't want to be that guy as an example to, to, to my son. Um, so again, it goes back to that, the, the, the power of the mind and what we can do. Um, but I, I, that's from my perspective on how I see time. You know, mm, I, I see it with what can I put my strength into that's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll just give uh, take my coaching hat off, right, and give some advice. So we do give advice, but we have to say we're not we're not coaching here. And so some advice for people wanting to get better at time management. I got this from Daniel Pink. Daniel Pink wrote a book called Drive, and he talks about, and there's a lot of science to support this this argument. He says, we have a peak trough and a rebound. So peak would be when you, not Ralph, when you are at your best. Is it in the morning? A lot of millennials work late at night, so they peak late at night. Some people are uh, early risers. They peak in the morning. 
you have to figure out when you peak, and that's when you should do some of your most deepest thinking, analytical task skills that require a lot of cognition, right? right. A lot of that brain bandwidth. You know, I yeah. call it brain width. And then we have a trough, and that trough usually happens to 80% of us in the afternoon, one or two o'clock after lunch. Yeah. Blood sugar starts to go down. Brain is scattered. So do, don't do take off, right, like they do in some other countries. They go to take a nap. But you start doing tasks that align with you being in that trough. Right. So that could right, be right. Uh, follow up emails or that could just be a lunch meeting or co- coffee in the afternoon, yeah. catching up, what have you, pick your kids up. And then we have a rebound and usually people rebound in four or five and that rebound could be going to that gym or jumping back on that computer for you, yeah. but all within a time pan. So I tell people when I work with them, they want, they want advice about time management. I ask them three questions. What's your peak? What's your trough? What's your rebound? And does, and what's your passion, right? What are you, what are you passionate about? Design your life around your passion. And then inside of that, ask yourself, what's my peak trough and rebound? And you mm. will be more productive. That's great. It is. When you're, when you're, cause you're going to get that Tim Ferriss says most of his work gets out of that peak. Everything else is gravy. Right. Most of his, so that yeah. would be that usually for him, the first few hours, a lot of people do a lot of their work at night. So peak trough and rebound, keep it simple. You know, everything happens in threes. There's science behind that. So power three, yeah. right? Peak trough and rebound. And when I stick to that and I, it's not easy, but I do most of my thinking big work usually in the morning. I'm up at six o'clock. Yeah, I like to read my meditation. That's my peak. Right. My rebound is in the afternoon. I go for a four or five hour run, walk, mm-hmm. and then I'll come back and just, just get my thoughts ready for the next day. So that's my rebound. Yeah. That's yeah. me. So, you know, just to summarize, I just think, you know, part of this time management conundrum sometimes is the fact that you need to, A, know yourself. Uh, so, you know, when your peak, your trap, your trap and your, um, you know, rebound, rebound. time mm-hmm. are, and you need to be aligned with your purpose. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, yes, sir, man. So this has been great, Ralph, man. You know, we, we, we've been very fortunate to have some great guests, but your energy and your guidance, I don't want to say advice, your guidance and, uh, and your probing, you know, have been very, very absolutely uh, good today. And so yeah, yeah man. Sure. And again, I, you know, I, I, he's definitely. We got to bring him back for another. Please round two, round two. Yes, yes. I, I think Ralph would be great to have like as a as a fourth uh, in the mix to kind of see you know from his perspective because you know it's funny because we we work with the companies which so do you but you do a lot of work individually yes, yes. which. A lot of times we always, you know, kind of like we do the outside work, but a lot of times we notice that there's a big struggle in terms big struggle with, with individuals. So if you're that individual and you're struggling uh, as a leader, uh, w- you know, w- whether you're a manager or I mean, all types. I mean, it yeah. doesn't really have to be specific, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, I, I would consider, or at least you know, talking to Ralph um, a little bit further and really discovering your passion, your why, and what gets you up in the morning because. Honestly, from my perspective, like that's that's what it's all about. Like we're you know we can't coast during the day because there's so many people that you can impact today. And so uh, with that, I thank you guys. Hope you catch the next one. Take care. Take care, everybody. 